Well, if you would turn to Philippians chapter 4. We'll read verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. One way of doing what Paul exhorts us to do here is to let our mind dwell on the Word of God. It certainly is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and of good repute, excellent and worthy of praise. Specifically this morning, I'd like to let our minds dwell on some scriptures that present who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. Truths to ponder concerning what the Bible says about us as Christians. These verses that we'll be looking at this morning are truly amazing verses when we really have some sense of what they're saying. When we think of what God has told us about who we are in Christ. Now we can say these things with certainty because they are the word of God concerning us. That is, if you've put your trust in Christ. Basically, I'll be quoting scripture with little comment here this morning. And we won't be looking up verses. I just want you to let your mind dwell on the things you hear from the Word of God this morning. Uh, You might be able to do that better uh, if you just even close your eyes. Now, I know you can't do that if you have children. (laughs) And I wouldn't advise it if you're particularly tired. (laughs) But sometimes it keeps us from distraction. What we want to do is fix our eyes on Jesus this morning. Periodically, I'll just pause as we go through these verses just so we can think about what we've read. You know, that's, that's probably part of what, uh, in the Psalms, you have that little phrase, Selah. It's kind of like, a, think about that. Just take a moment and think about what you've just read. So that's what we want to do. Consider, meditate on these things. Let our mind dwell on these incredible truths concerning who we are in Christ. Not so long ago, each of us were dead in our trespasses and sins. Indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath. And we didn't realize it. You don't realize a whole lot when you're dead. 
that's the condition we were in. But God, being rich, in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together in Christ and he had a purpose for doing that in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. In Christ. In Him, we are new creatures, new creation, new creations. Old things have passed away, new things have come. You're a new person. That old person. We once were is gone, for we have died, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. Now we are sons of God, sons of light, sons of day, sons of the kingdom. Let's just pause there a minute and think about what we've said. At one time, we were far from God, separated from Christ, no hope. Now we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. We've been made new because we've been born anew. We've been born again through the Spirit of God. Think about it. You're a new person here this morning if you're a Christian. What can we say? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, we're talking about being in Christ here this morning. And... In the past, sometimes I've kind of thought of that as a legal description of how God views us. And it is that, but it's much more than that. It's a living relationship, reality. God has made us alive together in Christ. Think of it. Alive in Christ. That's what you are this morning if you're a Christian. Well, let's go on. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our transgressions according to the riches of His grace 
which he lavished upon us. His grace has been lavished upon us. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes were healed. God made him who knew no sin, that is Christ, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Think of that phrase, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All we like sheep had gone astray. Each one of us had turned to our own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He pardons all our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. In the Old Testament, there was that scapegoat that took the sins of the people out into the wilderness. Christ is our scapegoat, carrying our sins far away. And though we are aliens and strangers on the earth, as Jesus said, we are not of the world, even as he is not of the world. Yet, we have been made part of that glorious company of faithful brethren of whom the world is not worthy. You're part of that group. We are part of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Think you could meditate on that phrase for a long time. We're a people for God's own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called out of that darkness that we were in into his marvelous light. Since God has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, our citizenship is in heaven. We are not aliens and strangers to God, but rather we are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. God has a household and you're part of it if you're a Christian. We are accepted in the beloved. Because we belong to Christ, we are Abraham's offspring. We are the true circumcision. And we're part of the Israel of God.
were participants in that city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. I mean, you don't have to make a trip to the so-called holy lands. You're already there if you're a Christian. You come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. You're enrolled in heaven this morning. Because of Christ, we are God's temple, God's household, a dwelling of God in the Spirit. As a church and as individual Christians, we are a dwelling of God in the Spirit. We are vessels of mercy, God's elect members of the body of Christ and children of God. Let's just pause there a minute. Think of the reality of the fact of God's grace being lavished upon us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. What are we saying? Think of the fact that we are a people for God's own possession. That we're a dwelling of God in the Spirit. And just think of this little phrase, what an amazing phrase it is, to be called children of God. Children of Him who dwells in unapproachable light. Children of the one whom the angels continually call out day and night, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come? We're, that, we're children of that God. Think of it. Well, let's go on. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. We are children of promise, children of light, children of the kingdom, children of the resurrection. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. There's a phrase. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We shall be glorified together with Him. 
when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. Christ is our life and will appear with him in glory. How can these things be? Even now, we are protected by the power of God. If God be for us, you know the verse. If God be for us, who can be against us? I mean, you've got God on your side. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can you say but thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Christ, we shall receive an unfading crown of glory, which we'll gladly cast down before his throne. We have an an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us. All this is ours because God in love predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And he gave us, God gave us to his son. And he's written our names in the Lamb's book of life. God took care of that transaction before we were born. We don't understand that. We just know that this is what the Bible tells us. So again, let's just pause a second and ponder anew the fact that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life.
Our names are written in that book. And nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just ponder the fact that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. (laughs) With Christ. (laughs) Think of it. We'll, We'll all appear. Every one of us is a Christian. Appear with him in glory. You know, back on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah were privileged to appear with him. But that was just two guys, and it was temporary. But now we, along with all of God's people, all of God's people from all ages, shall appear with him in glory. And it won't be temporary. It will be forever. These things are beyond our comprehension. Well, let's continue. God has granted to us in Christ all things pertaining to life and godliness. Christ is our life. We have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer us who live. But Christ lives in us. In the life which we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God. We live by faith in the Son of God. We live by faith in the Son of God. Who loved us and who delivered himself up for us. For us to live is Christ. <laughs> and to die, to die, to die is gain. Yeah. In him we live and move and have our being. All things were created by him and for him. He is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, and we're in him. And he's in us. He's the author and finisher of our faith, the apostle and high priest of our confession, the shepherd and guardian of our souls. He is our sun and shield, 
our glory and the lifter of our head, our light and our salvation, our resurrection and our life. He is our Passover, our purifier, and our provider. In Christ, we have an advocate, a counselor, a deliverer, a guardian, a guide, a helper, a leader, a mediator, a minister, a prophet, a high priest, a physician, a teacher, a redeemer, a refuge, a rock, a savior, a shepherd, and a friend. He is our creator, our governor, our judge, our king, our lawgiver, our Lord, and our master. Selah. Think of that. Think of those various offices. I mean, I've named a few things, but he's all of that and much, much more. The Apostle Paul sums up what Christ is to us by saying, In Christ, we've been made complete. Or he puts it another way, Christ is our all and in all. He's all we need for every one of us. He's our all and in all. Doesn't matter if you're young or old, rich or poor, nationality, whatever. He's our all and in all. All we need for all of us. Christ is to us what a vine is to the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But he has promised that as we abide in him, we shall bear much fruit. We did not choose him, but he chose us and appointed us that we should go and bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. By this is the Father glorified that we bear much fruit. Because of Christ, 
We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are his bondservants and his ambassadors. He gave himself for us that we might that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession. That's who you are, your people for his own possession. Zealous for good deeds. As the light of Christ shines through us to others, they will see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Not that we're sufficient for these things, sufficient in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. His power is perfected in weakness. His grace is sufficient to make us adequate as servants of the new covenant, giving us the ministry of reconciliation. What's that? Well, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He's committed that to us. He's able to make all grace abound towards us that always having all sufficiency in everything we may abound in every good work. Let's just pause there a second. Abounding in every good work. The sufficiency comes from him. It's not from us. Because Christ is all sufficient, we can be sufficient for all that he calls us to and brings into our lives. His grace is sufficient for even the weakest of saints. That ought to be an encouragement it is to me. His grace is sufficient for even the weakest of saints because his power is perfected in weakness. Praise God for that. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus. 
He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's qualified us. You didn't qualify yourself. Qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The path of the just, the path of the righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Aren't you looking forward to the full day? The world may be getting darker, but our path is growing brighter. And soon we shall share in the inheritance of the saints in light. What can you say? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God for such a hope and future. That's for every one of us as Christians. Well, to conclude, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. May we all let our minds dwell on these things, these timeless truths from God's Word concerning who we are in Christ. Well, let's pray. <coughs> Father, as we're about to begin a new year here in just a few days, by the grace of God, may we contemplate often these tremendous truths of who we are in Christ. May our minds continually dwell, our thoughts be on these amazing things that you've written in your word concerning who we are in Christ. We ask it 
that you might be glorified in our lives. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I might say that uh, if anyone would like to contemplate the scriptures that we've looked at here today further, just to have them to look at, I'll send a text of what I've read here to Terry and she can send it out.